think this mic is pretty powerful. You're thinking about when that song that says that Israel should listen to the Lord and, and that they should love God with all their love God with all of their might and their strength. And you think about every since uh, when God had allowed Israel to his people to cross the Red Sea on dry land and drown the Egyptians. And as they went and journeyed toward Canaan's land, and you think about all the goodness that God provided unto them, it's no wonder that they should listen to God. Because God had nothing but righteousness for them if they obeyed him. And that same God that allowed Israel to cross the Red Sea and to be victorious, that same God allows you and I to be victorious through his son Jesus. We thank God for giving us this opportunity this morning to worship him in spirit and in truth. You know, no doubt some of us have had a long week. I don't know about you, but I feel really, really good when it comes to the Lord's Day. Because what it does, it gives us an opportunity to, to get rid of all those thoughts and all those things that may have occurred this past week. And you know, when we really think about it, and it comes down to it, God has allowed you and me to see another day. And we should give him all the honor, the praise, and the glory that's due to his name. You know, as mentioned, we want to pray for our youth, and we want to pray for Doug and all those that are with uh, with him, as, as Doug mentioned uh, this, this morning, uh, as he prayed, uh, that's going to be a task. But, you know, uh, we love our young folk. And, and I'll tell you, not only are they the, the church of tomorrow, they are the church of today. So we want to continue to keep them in our prayers. <clears throat> you know, in today's times, many face uncertainties. Many face trying times and Difficult situations. You know, some don't even know where to turn for strength. And some live in total chaos. There are some who may be on the verge of giving up. Sadly, there are some who left the Lord. And there are many who may be contemplating on it. There's a song that was penned by Kurt Carr some years ago. And I'd like to read off a few verses of that song. And that song was entitled, I Almost Let Go. You know, Carr said that, I almost let go. I felt like I couldn't take life anymore. My problems had me bound. Depression weighed me down, but God held me close so I wouldn't let go. You know, Carr said, God's mercy kept me so I wouldn't let go. I almost gave up. I was right at the edge of a breakthrough, but I couldn't see it. The devil really had me, but Jesus came and grabbed me, and he held me close so I wouldn't let go. God's mercy kept me so I wouldn't let go. Carl summed up that song by saying, so I'm here today because God kept me. I'm alive today only because of his grace. Oh, he kept me. God kept me. He kept me so I wouldn't let go. You know, we're going to be working this morning from the book of Job. If you have your Bibles or electronic devices, I encourage you to join me this morning. 
as we work from the book of Job. You know, the book of Job can teach us several things if we allow it. Job can help us to be patient. Job can help us to stay faithful, can help us to have a humble spirit. Job can also help us to keep trusting in God, to put life in its most appropriate perspective. You know, Job deals with death and affliction, sorrow and pain. Job also deals with fair weather friends and also the power of the almighty God. In Job chapter one, I want to read verses six through ten just to set the stage this morning. The Bible says, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, hast thou considered my servant Job? There is none like him in the earth, a perfect or a complete man and an upright man, one that feareth God and eschews evil or avoids or abstains from evil. And verse 9 says, Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Has thou not made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast, pressed, thou, thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and the substance he has is increased in the land. When you go back and you take a look at these particular passages of scriptures, we can surmise that wherever good is, evil can be there also. We see that not only did the sons of God come to present themselves before him, Satan came also. That I know that wherever good is, evil can be present too. We also realize that and very, very important for, me, for you and I is that Satan doesn't stay in one place all the time. Satan is persistent. The scripture says that he was going back and forth looking for someone. And we realize that sometimes we may not like it, but sometimes God puts us to the test. You know, God asked Satan, have you tried Job? You know, I began to think about that, and sometimes God puts us to the test. I don't know about you, but he puts me to the test every once in a while. Then I began to think about, well, sometimes I put God to the test. How many of us have tested the patience of God? No need to raise your hands. <laughs> sometimes we put God to the test. And see, also we can surmise from the scriptures that, that, that God said that, that, that he is one of my best, talking about Job. But see, Satan says that there's a reason there is a reason, God, that Job respects you. Satan says you protected him. You blessed him. And you put a hedge around him. I want to read a couple more verses, verse 11 and 12. So Satan says, but put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, behold, all that is in thy power, only upon himself, put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Looking at the scriptures, Satan is saying that I bet if you take what Job has, he'll curse you to your face. 
Satan is saying that Job only serves you in good times. I wonder if we have fair-weather Christians like that, that only serves God in good times. But God, testing Job, testing Job's strength and his faith, he allows Satan to test Job. And many of you all are familiar with this story. And you recall the chain of events that happened next, the slaying of Job's children, the consuming of his sheep and his servants, the loss of his flock and of his camels, all in one day. I'd like to use as a subject, if you're taking notes this morning, don't give up on the hedge of God. Don't give up on the hedge of God. See, when you think of a hedge, a hedge can be defined as a fence or a border, a boundary or an enclosure. A hedge is something that restricts, that limits, that constrains, that obstructs or that impedes. In other words, for you and I, God can be our fence. He can be our border and he can be our enclosure. God, not only that, but God can restrict Satan. He can limit Satan. He can constrain Satan. And God can obstruct Satan. And we'll see in this particular passage of scriptures this morning, as we consider the subject for us to not give up on the heads of God, there are many who have turned and walked away from the Lord, as I mentioned earlier. There are some just through the chaos that's going on in the world and in their lives today are considering, Lord, I can't take all of these pressures. I'm about to turn and walk away. But see, Job gives us a glimpse of why and how we can depend on and not give up on God's hedge. A few preliminary points as we consider this message this morning. When we think about Job's situation and for us to take notice of, you know, when we go through things in life, we have to be sure that we don't blame God. You know, it's easy to blame God, isn't it? Some folk blame God for the situations or the circumstances that they encounter. But when we look at verse 22 of Job chapter 1, after all this has come upon Job and he's lost his family, his sheep, and his substance, and the Bible says in verse 22 that in all this, Job sinned not, nor charged or blamed God foolishly. You know, when things happen in our lives, one of the things that we have to make sure we do is to don't blame God. We see, it's the same God that gives you and I the very strength to live life. Am I right about it? So we shouldn't blame God. And Job, he didn't blame God in spite of everything that was going on in his life. Another point, Job, that he did was that he kept his integrity. When you think about sometimes when we go through things in life, one of the tendencies that some may tend to do is to lose our integrity, lose and forget about who we are or whose we are. When you look at Job chapter 2 and verse number 3, now mindfully you know the story that, that, that Satan had came to Job once and he comes again unto Job. And God tells him the same thing, have you considered Job? And verse 3 says, and the Lord said unto Satan, How that, hast thou considered my servant Job? That there is none like him in the earth, a complete and an upright man, one that feareth God and eschews evil. And still he holdeth fast his integrity, 
Although thou movest me against him, destroy him without cause. See, Job kept his integrity. I would say that one of the easiest things that it may be for a child of God to do. When we're faced with the difficulties of life, with the circumstances and the situations and hard times is to forget about who we are. And we can surmise from Job, 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 God said that Job did not lose his integrity. Another point that we can think about as far as looking at Job and his situation. And this is one that we have to really be mindful of, because I'm sure that some of you like me. We have family members that aren't always on the same page as we are. We have some family members who aren't children of God and see what Job did not do. He didn't let his family sway him away from God. Family can do that. You know that. Though. You know, family can sometimes cause you or try to cause you to move away from God. Look in Job chapter two, verse nine and ten. And, and, and this is an interesting passage of scriptures here. I have to tread lightly because I don't want to get in trouble by some of the ladies this morning. But look in verse verses nine and ten. And so after all of this and after Job was, was, was ill with balls. The Bible talks about balls from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head in soreness. Remember, he kept his integrity earlier. And in verse 9, the Bible says that, then said his wife unto him. Then said his wife unto him. I'll say it one more time for emphasis. <laughs> then said Job's wife unto him. He said, do you still retain your integrity? Are you still going to be an upright man? She says, do you still retain your integrity? She said, curse God and die. And when you think about there's another man in New Testament times. His wife had given him some advice. And that man's name was Pilate. His wife had given him some advice to don't do anything with this man called Jesus. And Pilate did not take his wife's advice. And it was detrimental. But look in verse 10, the Bible says, But Job said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we receive not evil? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. See, we have to make sure when we go through our trying times to not let family or even sometimes people that are close to us. Because everyone in our family or in our circle may not be at the same level of faith. It may be easy for one to walk away from the Lord. But we have to make sure that we don't let others sway us away. And Job didn't let that. And here's another one in chapter three. When we're going through life's trying times, we have to make sure that we don't get down on ourselves. It's easy to get down on ourselves. In Job chapter 3, beginning at verse number 1, Scripture says that after this, Job opened his mouth, and, and, and the situation was that Job's friends, they come on the scene, and they didn't recognize Job. They wept and they mourned, and they didn't say a word. You know, sometimes we have friends who are only with us in good times. I don't know about you, but I've had a few fair-weather friends throughout my lifetime. And see, Job's friends, they looked at him and didn't say anything and mourned and didn't realize how the circumstance and the outcome it would cause Job, and he began to get down on himself. Bible says in Job 3, verse 1, and after this, Job opened his mouth 
and cursed this day. And Job said, let the day perish whereas I was born. And let the night in which it was said, there is man child conceived. Let that day be darkness. Let not God regard it from above. Neither let the light shine upon it. Let darkness and the shadow of death stain it. Let a cloud dwell upon it and let blackness of the day terrify it. And if that wasn't enough, Job said, as for the night, let darkness seize it. He says, let it not be joined into the days of the year and let it not come into the number of the months. Lo, let the night be solitary. Let no joyful voice come therein. Job, it got so bad, so down upon himself, he even regretted that he was born. He didn't even want to hear voices or joy of the day that he was born. So when you think about this hedge that God has put around Job, and when you think about why you and I, or those in whom we, we, may not, we, we may know who are going through trying times, we may try to encourage them to continue to fight the good fight. There are three reasons that I want to list this morning, and, and the lesson will be yours, and why we shouldn't give up on the hedge of God. Because God provides protection, peace, and comfort. God provides protection, peace, and comfort. Now, when you look in Isaiah chapter 54, and we see the prophet Isaiah, and he's talking to God's people, and he's talking about the protection that God provides, and he begins to talk about the everlasting kindness that God provides to his people. In Isaiah 54, and verse number 17, a very powerful verse, Isaiah says that no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. And he says this is, and this is important for you and I. He said, and this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. This is the heritage of those who obey God that they have, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. See, we shouldn't give up on the heads of God because he provides protection. You know, I'm sure that there's, you know some folk that's spoken evil of you from time to time. And see, we have to realize and think about it that, that even though folk talk evil about you and I from time to time, all they have to do is keep on living because they may get theirs in the end. Am I right? And so we have to realize and think about this protection that God has, that God has our back. And you know, when God has your back, you'll be all right. It, it matters not what man says or does or tries to do, but if God has your back, then things will be well. And then God also, he provides us peace. In the same book of Isaiah, turn back a couple chapters to Isaiah 26. See, we live in an age where some people just can't find peace. And God even had peace for his people back in Old Testament times. In Isaiah chapter 26, around verse number three, as God had been talking about having peace and giving peace to his people, Isaiah 26 and verse three. But see, there's there's some conditions to peace. Peace just doesn't come about. There's some conditions to peace. Isaiah, speaking to God's people, he says that thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. 
So the protection of the hedge that God has for you and I and the peace that he provides, the condition is that we've got to keep our minds on the Lord. There are so many things in this world. And Doug has spoken about them from time to time from this pulpit. So many things in this world that people allow to occupy space in their minds that there's just a little room for God. But what the prophet is saying here is that he will provide us complete peace that if we keep our minds stayed or focused on him. And then another piece about peace as well. Not only should our mind be stayed and focused on him, the scripture says that we've got to trust in him. See, Job, even though he went through some trying times and was down upon himself, Job still trusted in God. And if we are not going to make heaven our home, We've got to make sure that we trust God even in trying times. Look with me in John chapter 14. Not only did God leave the peace, talk about peace to the children of Israel back in Old Testament times, but he also talked about it in New Testament times in John chapter 14. After Jesus had talked about that he has many mansions in his father's house and he went to go and prepare a place for him. After he said that he the way, the truth, and the life. You know, God goes, Jesus goes, and he talks about it in John 14 and verse 27. As he began to talk about the Holy Spirit, then he talks about this peace. He says, peace I leave with you. He was letting his disciples know that he was getting ready to mount a cloud in a little while. He was going to be, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. But he began to talk about the comforter and talking about this peace. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. And here's what I've learned over the years in this particular scripture here. It says that not as the world giveth you. See, the world is kind of wishy-washy. I don't know about you, but I've ran across some wishy-washy folk in my life. Wishy-washy folk or some-timey folk or some, some folk who are only good when I'm good. And when I'm going through situations, they may try to shy away. And see, that's not the type of peace that Jesus leaves. It should have been the type of peace that Job's friends should have left. But he says, peace I leave with you, not as the world leaves. He says, let not your heart be troubled. Then he said, neither let it be afraid. And that's a reason to not give up on the heads of God, because the peace that he has will, will keep us and hold us. And lastly. Look in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And I'm going to talk about the comfort that God has. You know, we live, as I'd mentioned, there are many people who can't find comfort in this life. Many people who are just struggling. External factors, internal factors, and we all need comfort in our lives. As, as, as the Apostle Paul was speaking to those at Thessalonica, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, beginning at verse number 16. Now, as they were striving to make heaven their home, Paul pins this, this, this message. And he says, now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our father, which has loved us and has given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. We live in a time where we need not only hope, but we need good hope. And that good hope is only provided through Christ Jesus. And in verse 17, it says that comfort your hearts 
and establish you in every good word and work. Church, this morning, I would encourage you, if you're going through some trying times in your life, or you know someone who's going through some trying times or some difficulties, and someone who is just about to give up on life, the suicide rate in the United States of America has not decreased. It's only increased. The suicide rate in the state of New Mexico has not only decreased, it's increased. And the suicide rate and the age factor has been lowered and lowered and lowered. And it's because that some just can't deal with the difficulties that this life has. And we have scriptural reference into how Job was going through trying times. You think about someone who lost his family, lost his means and ways of life, and even was touched within his body. One whose friends couldn't offer him any encouragement, any consolation, any comfort. A man who was declared that he wished the day wasn't even there that he was born. But he still didn't give up on God. And if we know some folk who are on the verge of giving up on God, I would, encourage, I would encourage you to let them know that you and I serve a God that provides protection. We serve a God that provides peace. And we serve a God that provides comfort. And I'm here to tell you this morning, we can make it through life if we got protection from God. We can make it through life if we've got peace from God. And we can make it through life if we've got comfort from God. So don't give up on the hedge of God, church. You know, as we close this lesson this morning, you know, I was listening to a sermon that someone was preaching a while ago. You know, and what they said was, was true, but it was hard. You know, they said that we are all God's creation. God created man, no doubt about it. But it said that we're not all God's children. And that's a fact. We become a child of God by obeying the gospel of his son Jesus and striving to live. You know, there may be some in the audience this morning or some who may be listening online who haven't rendered obedience to the gospel of Jesus Christ, who haven't been baptized into Christ. And it may sound hard, but it's true this morning. If you haven't obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ, that hedge that I spoke about this morning, you don't have that protection around you. And I'm here to tell you, it's hard to live a life without the Lord. So I would encourage you, if you haven't been baptized and added to the Lord's church, do so this morning. And if you're a member of the Lord's church and you're living right, keep striving. Keep realizing that you've got protection, peace, and comfort in the Lord. And if you're here this morning, and if you've obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ, but things just seem that they may be weighing down on you. You know, sometimes we don't, you know, I, I was reading something uh, just yesterday, and there was, a, there was a gentleman that committed suicide, famous guy, committed suicide, and, and they showed a photo of him. 24 hours before he committed suicide. And he was smiling, he was happy and joyous. 24 hours later, 
he had committed suicide. See, we don't necessarily know what's in the minds of even those who may be sitting beside us or in this auditorium this morning. I want to encourage you to keep holding on because we can make heaven our home. We just not give up on the hedge of God. Whatever your decision is this morning. You know, I'm old preacher friend of mine, mentor of mine, Robert L. James, and uh, Sister Winnie knows him, knew him. He's deceased now. But as, as, as Brother James, and he preached in Hobbs, America. Isn't that amazing? My minister in Little Rock preached in Hobbs, but you never know how God works, right? But one of the things that he, he, he often said, and it resonated with me, about making a decision whether or not to obey God, whether or not to keep on trusting in God. He often referred to James, the fourth chapter. And we understand that the, 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 the context of James chapter four was realizing that if it's the Lord's will, we should do various things. But the principle that was pulled out of those things when it comes to obeying God and staying and the good graces with God is that James asked a question. He said, what is your life? He said, it's like a vapor that appeared for a little while and then vanished away. You know, I often thought about my grandmother lived right next door to us growing up. And back in those days, they didn't have those automatic coffee pots. They had those coffee, coffee pots where they, 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 they sat it on the stove. And you could see it percolating. And when it, got, when it got hot and got ready, the steam, Tim, would come out of it. And then the instant that they turned the eye down, the steam would go away. And I think about my life, and I think about your life. Our lives are like a vapor. No, it appears for a little while, then it vanishes away. Whatever your decision is this morning, as Tim comes, leads us in a song of invitation. Don't give up on the hedge of God.